Magis Radio, follow the sound, and welcome to the very first episode of The Geek Out, now that we are streaming on Spotify. My name is Miggy Salvana, your space cowboy who unironically uses Howdy, and I'm joined today by two brand new DJs. Uh, would you please introduce yourselves, boys? This is Harvey Kalubaki, your one and only cute na tutubi. Ayun no, nandun lang sa Tawitabi from 1AVIS. <laughs> Hello, Harvey. Welcome. And I am Jerry, your fun little berry from 2AB Communications. That's adorable. Thank you both. And welcome to Magis Radio. Oh, I forgot to say I'm from 4AB Psychology. I'm a grandfather, and this is my third year with the Geek Out. But yes, so um, this isn't my first show, but this is the first time that we're going to be streaming on Spotify. Uh, but the two of you, since this is your first time here on Magis, I'd, li- I'd just like to ask before we get into things, how are you feeling? Well, I'm actually feeling really, really ecstatic right now. But I'm also a bit nervous. Ecstatic because this is my first time and this is my chance to prove myself, you know, to, be, to establish myself. And I'm looking forward to working with different people and just, you know, learning how it is to be a DJ, to be a great DJ. But I'm also nervous because, yeah, it's my first time. But I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, um, working with my first episode in Geek Out. What about you, Jerry? Um, personally, I'm also kind of nervous since, yeah, this is also my first time. I'm kind of scared. But I'm also really excited as I did actually follow Magis Radio when I was a freshman last year and I was really interested in pursuing it. and. I'm glad that I'm here now and I'm able to talk about video games, which just so happens to be something that I am really passionate about. And I'm glad to be able to share this experience with you guys who also share the same passions as me. Cool. Wait, what shows did you follow? I, I kind of assumed that nobody had a listener base. Well, I mean, I really more of like listened because one of my blockmates was, was a DJ as well. And he was under Pop Asia. So I listened to that a little ah. bit. But yeah, I also... Tuned into the other ones every now and then. So you tuned into yes, the Geek I Out? Yes, I have. I have tuned in a, a bunch of really? times. Yeah. Who, who do you, was, it, was I there? Do, do I have a fan? <laughs> I just assume that the I, only person who listens <laughs> is my mom. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've listened to you at some point. I just didn't know you yet at the time. Yeah. I therefore take responsibility for Jerry's inspiration to join <laughs> Magis. So you're Thank welcome, you. everybody. But anyway, yeah, so... That's it's good to hear that you guys are really excited uh, to start DJing for Magis. I guarantee you, you're going to have a great time. And both of you are quite a good fit in the geek out because you are self-proclaimed gamers, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, lined up today, we, we want to talk about the video game awards. So unfortunately, there's so much to cover. We're going to limit it to just a couple of games. And oh, beforehand, spoiler warning. Yes, uh, for this episode, but and mostly just for The Last of Us 2. Uh, but we'll save that for the end of the episode. Uh, but yes, without further ado... So for this show, we're going to be talking about three different games that are um, very important and very relevant in today. And that would be Among Us, Animal Crossing, and The Last of Us 2. So um, the first game we're going to be talking about is Among Us. Right, so say less, Jerry, say less. Let's talk about Among Us. It's the game. Yes, you heard me right. 
it's the game that has been nominated not for the game of the year, but for the categories of best multiplayer and best mobile game. Who would have thought, right, that this family-friendly, chill-looking game would have made it to the top spot? Now, for those of you who don't know, Among Us is a strategy-based social deduction multiplayer game that is definitely more fun when played with friends. Take note of that. This jellybean astronaut game starts off with roughly around four to eight kind-hearted, hard-working crew members and one to three shape-shifting, lying, evil imposters. For the crew members, in order to win, they must work together and complete all the objectives and tasks around the map. This would complete all the tasks and guarantee a W, baby. The crew members can also choose to call meetings and communicate in order to vote off the imposters out of the game, which would also guarantee a W, baby. For the imposters, it's a completely different story. Their main job is to kill crew members. The means of doing so, however, are creatively up to you. Now, for this, I'd like to ask you DJs, um, what do you guys prefer, being crew or being an imposter? Uh, if I may, my answer to this is a little uh, unconventional. I think my favorite uh, position in this game is being a viewer. Because I actually, you know, uh, there was so much hype behind it. And I've gotten invited several times. But it came at this point where I was just like so antisocial. <laughs> during the quarantine where people are like, hey, come on, play Among Us with us. And I'm like, I have uh, dinner plans with my family. Like, I, as much as I wanted to join people, I just didn't have the social energy for it. But I was a really big fan of watching a bunch of different content creators uh, who were Twitch streamers, but I, I, I didn't have the time for Twitch streams because, like, our whole PST or whatever our time zone is, all the Twitch streamers are, like, 12 hours behind. So I really wouldn't watch those, but I'd watch like the disguised toast vods, right? And then so vicariously, sorry to answer your question, I thought being an imposter was pretty cool. Not really having done it myself, but it seemed very interesting to be taking that spot. And I honestly wish I could have had a chance to do that more often. But I don't. Are a lot of people still playing this? A lot really? of people are still playing this, actually. Huh? Yes. Well, it's not too late for me. Like a good amount of viewers are um, tuning in on this guy's toast videos as well as other YouTube streamers, YouTube slash streamers like Saikuno, Lily Pichu, um, Leslie. There's a lot. There's a lot of streamers out there. And I do think just to add on to what you guys said about content creators, it's just that's how the game just kind of blew up this time. Like, you know, when people started streaming it on Twitch, suddenly other YouTubers started branching out towards it. Even people whose whose content are focused on a specific game or are just not very Among Us-esque ended up playing Among Us anyway. And that's what garnered it a lot of attention. And just to answer Harvey's question, I, I do also enjoy being an imposter, albeit it rarely ever happens, you know? It's... <laughs> You kind of, you're kind of just constantly playing until you actually get the imposter and you're like, yes, finally. And then you get killed immediately if you suck at the game at convincing people. But, you know. You know, Miggy and Jerry, I actually agree with you guys. Like before, when I was new to the game, I was actually scared of being imposter because there's so much pressure. There's so much things you can do. But with like 
um, I realized over time, the possibilities were actually endless. You can do countless sabotages with your partner. You can go through vents and do stealthy kills without anybody ever knowing, right? You can do double kills with your partner, which requires strong coordination and chemistry. You can also just brainwash people. You know, I was watching this guy's toast as well the other day, and I learned about this marination strategy. What happens is you basically make a pure crew member think that you are pure crew too by either following him or her around without doing any kills at all or do fake tasks with them the entire game. When the last meeting is finally called, they will 88.88% vouch for you and thus guaranteeing a W, baby. It just proves how creative one can get in this simple yet entertaining game. It's like a nicer way of saying gaslighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this game isn't very... In, in Objectively speaking, everything that goes down in this game is horrible. <laughs> just terrible, like, lying to your friends, but that's so appealing. It's like a safe space to be a terrible person. It's not like, it's like, great, you know, Mario Party is like the go-to party and the people are like, oh, it's the game that ruins your friendships, right? Because, like, it's kind of sabotage with some of the games. But this one is literally, sabotage is the name of the game. So I think this is, it, it makes a safe space for ruining friendships. And at the end of the day, you can be like, it was just among us, right? That's the name of the game. That's cool. I mentioned a while ago that Among Us is definitely more fun when played, right? And I still stand by that. This is so because it's a platform not merely for playing, but also for building stronger connections within social circles. It's available in mobile phones, tablets, and even on desktops. So it's actually convenient because it allows more people to gain access to the game. For sure. Uh, well, I, so I, I, I got into it like right after the hype. So I got it on Steam. Um, it's like 150 bucks in Steam or something like that. It's free on mobile as far as I know, but like for Steam, it's like 150 bucks. And I just did rando lobbies for like, what, three, four hours and not a single time did I get imposter. So I think that's why I got so sick of the game (laughs) because all I wanted to do is the imposter. And I like statistically, if I played like 20 games at least once, right, I should have been able to get it. Or at least twice. I don't know. I don't know how to math. But, like, I, I just never did. So, like, I had it on PC, but I, it didn't really, like, stick with me. Actually, um, this this is a bit of a flex. But one of my one of my blockmates actually introduced me and, me and our friends to Among Us before it got mainstream. Which was funny because it was probably, like, a few months before it became mainstream. So my blockmate just... It was, like, early in the pandemic... And we we just wanted stuff to do, and we were running out of things to do. We were getting tired of playing the same games like Cards Against Humanity online or something. So my f- blockmate just goes, hey, there's this obscure app called Among Us. We could play that. And I have to admit, the game has evolved a lot. Not just in popularity, but with all of the different techniques that were and mind games that were created from that game. Like looking back at when I when we first played it, the game was so pure and simple. But now it's become a, a phenomenon, and I'm really glad that the Among Us devs got this popularity since the game was literally just made by two people. Yeah, and it's old. It's like a 2018 game. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I have a story time. So, like, my experience with the public lobby. Is generally horrible. I'm sorry, alright? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Please don't flame me. To be expected. Um, this is just my opinion. Because, you see, it's it's a big world. You know? So basically, you're going into the server without knowing how other people think. 
right? So you don't know if they plan to troll or if they want to be imposters so bad that if they aren't, they disconnect from the lobby at the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's the thing. Yes. Part of the, the why you don't play with randoms. Right? <laughs> That's, it, like, leaves you guys, like, five, four, three members there in the lobby. And it's, like, it's it's kind of sad. So it's generally harder for me Anti-fun. to vibe with people in the public lobbies. But, of course, each of our experiences are different. So... Some of you may have been lucky to be in a public lobby with people who are willing to take the game seriously. But for the most part, people are just, you know, they're just generally unpredictable. For me, it's better to play with people, you know, because communication and the overall chemistry of the team would be a lot easier. Its popularity and user-friendly feature has allowed itself to grow worldwide as well. So Among Us is nominated for Best Multiplayer Game as people can play with anyone in the world or just with their friends. So what do you guys think about Among Us being nominated as Best Multiplayer? Do you guys agree? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, I, I was honestly shocked at first. It's like, wait, it, it's a 2020 Game Awards. You can have a 2018 game on it. But like, considering just how big of an impact it had, uh, it definitely deserves it. Because it's like, versus what? Like, Fall Guys, uh, the other Jelly Bean game. I don't re- exactly remember what the other ones were. But like, yeah, this thing deserves, this thing deserves to win. It, it, it bloomed. It blossomed in 2020. Yeah, I think it definitely deserved best mobile game, but best multiplayer genuinely shocked me. As, yeah, it's put up against not just games like Fall Guys. We're talking games as big as, if I recall correctly, like COD Mobile or or Fortnite. You know, games made by entire corporations. And then here comes this game made by two people, made in 2018. And like, yeah, it's shocking. But at the same time, yeah, it does make sense. The game did really well yeah um actually before it like in 2018 i mean sorry in may 2019 according to statistics it received around 100 million downloads but come september 2020 60 million people i repeat 60 million folks were playing this astronomical game per day that's crazy and also it it doesn't just you know, it's not just with ordinary people, but it also reached politicians in the U.S. A famous commentator on Twitch, Hassan Piker, streamed their game two weeks before presidential elections with left-wing congresswoman, AOC. AOC. Yeah. And as an effort to encourage everyone to vote. So, like, that's amazing. You know, this game was able to reach not just streamers and gamers, but also politicians for a good cause. It proves how much potential this game has. Not just for marketing, but also for different advocacies. So yeah, that's really interesting. That's Among Us, folks. Yeah, um, bouncing from there, thinking more, moving away from the mobile and the PC, going to the Nintendo Switch, which is popping off right now, I'll have you know. The Switch sales are better than ever, and going into this holiday season, oh, it's Nintendo's just going to be winning everything. Um, but yeah, um, speaking of winning in Nintendo, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which got released right at the beginning of the quarantine. It was... Uh, it, it it exploded onto the scene because it's something that's been hyped for a very, very long time. New Leaf uh, came out, what, half a decade ago, maybe longer, right? Back on the 3DS. And we've been waiting forever for a new Animal Crossing. And all we've got was uh, Pocket Camp, which was pretty cool. And I think a lot of non-Animal uh, Crossing people got into that. But aside from that, actually, I think that actually did introduce a lot of people to Animal Crossing. But besides that, we had Pocket Camp and we had Happy Home Designers. 
Nothing very interesting. So the first mainline Animal Crossing game in years. This was so exciting for a lot of people. Not Myself not really included because I, I played a good amount of it on the Wii. I played City Folk quite a lot, but I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan. Uh, and I'm the time traveler type uh, because one uh, mechanic in Animal Crossing is that you can... Uh, it's it's a very time based game. Like you actually have to wait in real minutes. But I I was a ten year old kid who had better things to do. So I'd spin the clock around and then make sure that okay now it's shark season. I can do that. But yeah, that's just different ways to play the game. But yeah, so um, when this game came out, not only was it one of the biggest Switch releases ever, just based off of the game alone, it also came right at the beginning of the quarantine. And like this being a little life sim game being off on your own island, what what is more perfect for being stuck at home, miserable, not wanting to be part of the real world than this life simulator? Did either of you boys play it? Yes, I have. I actually bought the I bought this game on release day. And I have to attest to the whole it came out at the perfect timing because um it was at the dawn of the pandemic and and especially in my personal experience, it was a great a mental health saver, in my opinion. Because the game is just so cute. It's just so wholesome. And I'm not the time traveler, so it sucked me in for entire month. For entire months. I played that game for every day for two months straight. I have more than 150 hours into the game. And um, it's it's also my first Animal Crossing game. I've never played any any um from this from the franchise prior to this. And I personally really enjoyed it. My sister and I played it together. We both really enjoyed it. It really gave a lot of um, positivity it, during the early phases of the pandemic because, you know, it was pretty depressing right when the pandemic first started. And Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing you know, as, as weird as it might sound, it, kind of, it, it made the pandemic way more tolerable. And it gave me something to look forward to every day since I'm not a time traveler. <laughs> You're not a filthy degenerate like I am. <laughs> Playing the game like a real human. No, I, I respect I respect it. No judgment. That's, now that you mention it, that's actually something really good that it was something like really time-based. Like actually being able to wake up to Animal Crossing like another day, new items in the shop, right? And I think that that is an element of the game that I, I, I didn't actually think about it. That's probably why, not just that you got to live a nice, fun life outside of quarantine, but it really was just, this is my life. <laughs> I'm watering my digital plants and yeah. visiting my digital neighbors. Okay, Yeah, that's actually true. Because, okay, I'm going to be honest. I personally have never played this game. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But It's fine. It's a Switch <laughs> exclusive. I don't blame you. Yeah. But, you know, as a regular kid who used to play Minecraft, and actually, I grew up with Minecraft, I this game reminded me a lot of it. Because you use tools to gather wood and stone, you craft with raw materials to make more tools and furniture, and you, you will eventually, you will eventually like, build your own town. So it's like, you grind for it. It's a life simulation game. Life is all about grinding. And I think it's really perfect for people who are trying to kill time, or maybe just People who enjoy the moment. Live, live, live life, learn, love. Yeah. <laughs> the grind. Yo, Jerry, and, and even when like I stopped playing the game at some point, I reopened it 
just I reopened it just for my birthday. <laughs> it was the it was the fun. It was probably one of the best moments in in my in that entire day alone. Just wait, just waking up the following morning and just booted up the switch just to see how if Animal Crossing would actually do something like that. And they do. They in case you don't know the villagers when you boot up the game, um, it starts with the villagers greeting you in your in your house when you wake up as soon as you boot up the game and then you leave and then everyone is giving you a personal gift and then the in-game like singer of the of the village his name is kk slider will will, like perform for you and they also play the end credits while they're while he's performing with a happy birthday at the end like yeah it was really it was really adorable and i think that's just the overall charm of animal crossing and why it got me and so many other people attracted to it oh if i may oh sorry harvey um the I forgot to mention. So that's why it's such a good coping tool because it's like your own little life. But one thing, very important factor of Animal Crossing that I don't think we got to cover was that it's a shared experience. It's not just making your own island. It's making your own island so all your friends can come visit. I myself, like I had the game. I, I actually had two friends. Shout outs to Claire and Anne who convinced me to start playing the game because my sister bought it. Our island wasn't all that neat. But, like, they'd invite me over to theirs, and you could see that they had a shop district, right? And then they had, like, a visitor center. So, like, people really touched up their islands because it's it's all about, like, bringing people over. I'm a lonely <laughs> um, solo gamer. I play JRPGs, right? So, like, I'm not really used to the, hey, guys, come to my island. But, like, having that experience of, like, you know, I haven't seen these guys in three months, but I just went to your island. So it's kind of like I went to your house, right? This is also... Uh, compensates for a lack of physical contact with our friends. Yeah, um, I actually agree with that. It's it's a really wholesome experience, like from what I'm getting from you guys. And also, I remember last year, um, one of my classmates used to sneak in uh, Nintendo Switch in the classroom, and he would always play that. And before, I didn't really get the hype because people looked so cartoony there, and then like. They were just like in this tiny, um, like Nintendo-ish world, and then so I I really didn't know how to feel. But listening to you guys, it's actually really cool. It's like I want to get my own Nintendo Switch right now. <laughs> high school kid has to hide his Switch. Let's point out. Yeah. Well, in Ateneo, don't worry. You don't have to hide your Switch under the table unless class is going on. Yeah, well, um, I think that's that's all for Animal Crossing. I'd like to move on to our last point. But yes, Animal Crossing is in the running for Game of the Year. I don't. It's up against some pretty big titles. I'm not sure if it's gonna win, but it's it's definitely got that casual gamer um, like following and backing behind it. But now that we're talking about a little less casual, a little bit more dramatic, hardcore, uh, Jerry, do you tell me a little bit about this Last of Us Two? Yes, definitely. So another game nominated for Game of the Year and many, many other categories is The Last of Us 2. Now, The Last of Us 2 wasn't just nominated for Game of the Year. It was also nominated for a lot of other things such as Best Audio Design, Best Soundtrack, Best Narrative, which is the most surprising bit of it all because of the controversies that came with it. Now, um, to our viewers, there will be spoilers ahead as we will be talking about the story of last of the last of us 2 and the controversies addressed in it so yeah just be careful but anyway the last of us 2 was nominated for best narrative which is interesting because of the divide that it caused in the video game community so basically what happened was that um the last of us 2 
has you playing as Ellie, the main girl from the first game. And in the first few hours of the game, her father figure, Joel, also one of the main characters from the first game, is killed off by another character named Abby for personal reason. And now you spend the game as Ellie hunting down Abby for revenge before the game pulls a double narrative and has you now playing as Abby. And as you experience the story from her perspective, you begin to understand where these two characters are coming from, as it is a an entire story of vengeance, ending with um, Ellie not proceeding with her with her vengeance, as that is what the game is trying to say, that revenge is bad. Um, so I want to ask, did you guys ever play The Last of Us 2? Did any of you play it? Or at the very least, you know, um, maybe watch a YouTuber play it? I have indeed played it, but um, a few years back, I started off actually watching the Rad Brad play this game. So uh, after the Rad Brad played it, I got my PS4 and then I played it myself. So I had two perspectives. So like I watched it and then I also played it. And I have to say for the first part, the Kilu part one, um, where you are Joel, I grew up with him. Like, I grew with him. Like, I get why he made those choices. So, like, I fell in love with his character. And um, in the Tilu 2, when they killed off Joel in the early in the early part of the game, I was I was devastated because, you know, I, I love Joel. And then you're just going to kill him off like that. Like, to me, I don't understand it. Maybe I'm looking at it in, like, a surface-level perspective, but... I have a bias towards Joel. I love that guy. So, you know, The Last of Us for me is a heart-wrenching tale. Um, if I, I personally, I've been, I've gone so many years not watching anything The Last of Us related because part of me has wanted to play it myself, but I've never owned a Sony console past the PS2. Um, and so I, I, I've been avoiding it, but it's, it's come to the point where I've realized, you know what, I don't think I'm ever going to, uh, be able to play it. I, I, sh- I might as well stop avoiding the spoilers, uh, right? And um, so I, I, I saw the, like all the different opinions that people had about it. Like, oh, killing Joel right at the beginning, and a big part of that is is they waited years. Like they fell in love with these characters of this masterpiece of storytelling. And I know the storytelling is much bigger than the gameplay, right? Gameplay is good, but that's not what it's known for. And so you're waiting to see what happens next with Joel and Ellie. And then Joel dies immediately. And so all of these years of building up this expectation and have it all just crash down, that's awful because you were looking forward to it. But also for to play devil's advocate, you know, it's a little subversive in the sense that this is not what people were asking for. Because as a, as a game developer, yes, you want to give them what they want. But, you know, if, if everybody's expecting this one story, maybe this was, like, the best way to go against, like, those expectations that people had, right? It, to, to start a fresh slate that nobody really expected or wanted. That's true. That's true. Um, I think if we can recall, like, one of the commercials for The Last of Us, like, Joel was there mid-game. And then he, like, he captured Ellie. Like, he covered her mouth. And then they showcase Joel. But when you play the game, it's actually the Chinese guy who captures Ellie. So it's like, it's very deceiving in their end. Oh my, re- oh geez, that's, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, 
So outside of just the simple story problems, there was also the fact that The Last of Us 2 just straight up did a bit of some false advertising there. Majority, if you look back at the trailers, um, the scenes where they showcase Joel, what looks like to be Joel for the entire of the game, was actually just flashback sequences. And yeah, like what Harvey mentioned, the scene where he covers his mouth, that wasn't even Joel. That was a completely different side character. So yeah, the audience was tricked into believing that Joel was going to be um, in the game for pretty much the whole time. It's Bowl or something. Some other nameless character. <laughs> and outside of the um, whole controversy with the story and the false advertising, another, another piece of controversy with this game was representation, particularly from the LGBTQ plus community. Within the story, particularly during Abby's side of the story, they introduce a character named Lev. Lev is a transgender man from the evil cult known as the Seraphites. He eventually ran away from the cult because he identified himself as a man. And this brought a lot of controversy from the LGBTQ community saying that this was bad representation. Be um, one, because of Lev's entire character arc, which is about acceptance there's a whole subplot where he where he was seeking acceptance from his mother but didn't get it and there's also a part in the game where his fellow cult members just straight up dead named him for those who don't know dead That's naming nasty. is the act he, of he calling a nasty. trans character by their original name <laughs> prior to their uh, change and so a lot of people from the lgbtq plus community found that very offensive one person there's a particular statement that was going around saying just because you showcase this horrible act doesn't mean you're representing us, the community, correctly. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? That's a real sensitive subject there. Yeah, um, it is. I, I, it's, 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 I, 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 I agree in the sense that, yeah, this is, that ain't it, Chief. That's probably not how you're going to want to go about doing it. Um, but, I mean... They could have not have introduced like the the element at all. Like I mean, they did it. They may have not done it very well or done it poorly. But the fact that they chose to not, I mean, they didn't have. They weren't obligated to like try to make their cast a little more diverse, right? And so it, it's it's. I appreciate the step that they they attempted to take. In execution, it may have been, uh. But I mean, kudos to them, I suppose, for at least giving it a shot, right? They—they, they, I guess, they deserve a little credit. It's not just some uh, whitewashed, all-male, male gaze cast, right? So, I—I uh, I, I can't speak much for the topic, but I mean, kudos for trying, I suppose. Yeah, actually, um, I agree with you. Like, I kind of think that that was sort of controversial, and I, I don't completely agree with what they did. Pero, I think that Lev speaks to me as a person. I think Lev is one of the best characters in the game. Because in the quieter moments of the game, you linger with him. He feels real. His personality is distinct. He's quiet, calm, yet entirely unyielding in his beliefs and his faith in himself. He's still deeply religious, even against the cruelty the practitioners of his religion have enacted upon him. And his reaction to circumstances makes sense to me. Like, it, it makes sense. Him as a trans person. I know people who think and behave the way he does. And I recognize a part of myself in him. 
him. He's completely different from me, and I I can relate with him. This is what I want for my trans characters, to be honest. Like, not for any particularly good or bad thing to happen to them, but for them to feel honest. I want trans characters who are given the luxury of being complex, the way cisgender characters have always been allowed to be, and Lev satisfies that desire in a context I really wasn't expecting. So yeah. I'm glad you say that because despite all of the backlash, um, The Last of Us Two still had, uh, still had a commercial success, selling over four million copies in its opening week, making it the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive. And that is it for The Last of Us Two. Yeah, well, sorry, sorry to cut us off there. Unfortunately, with this new format, we only have so many minutes with you guys, so we're gonna have to leave it there. But thank you for joining us. And just a quick summary of what we talked about. We talked about the Game Awards. Uh, Not a lot of the games. We talked about some of our favorites. And some of those that left the biggest impact on us. So we talked about Among Us as a giant social phenomenon. uh, Animal Crossing being the savior of all of our mental health. And the controversy behind The Last of Us 2. Well, I hope you guys had a good first show. I know we had the jitters coming into it. But both of you, I think, really started feeling a lot more comfortable towards the end. But anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us. This is The Last of Us 2. Uh, the Last of Us, yes. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is The Geek Out. And <laughs> keep it magis. Follow the sound. The Geek Out is a production of Magis Radio, which is written by Michaela Alba, Romag Palza, and B. Adriano and edited by Alison Chua and Giuliano Arceo, with music by Benedict Melcher. Magis Radio will be back with a new episode of He Says, She Says on Tuesday, 